Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. <laughs> Thomas, you're not supposed to be laughing when we're starting the program. Man, it's just a good time to be here. It is a good time. Good day. <laughs> you know, it's good because it's like brand new. That's right. Everything's brand new. It is. Uh-oh. Yeah. Segway. Sounds like a segue, doesn't it? Here comes a segue. Happy New Year. That's right. Happy New Year. It's beginning to look a lot like Advent. Advent. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, Very much. not right. No, that's okay. So, uh, hi, I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas P. Dorian. Hi, Deacon Jeff. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are talking about the new year. We are indeed. Not New Year's, but the new year. The new year. We've done several shows, Tom, haven't we, about Advent? We have. But we're getting ready Maybe to kick off another I think there's Advent. a top ten out there somewhere. I think there is. Yeah. You can't spell adventure without Advent. That's right. Yeah, listen, no more bumper stickers. No bumper stickers available on our website for $10,000. Um, so uh, that would really, you know, never mind. We're going to just keep right on going keep and going. act like he didn't say anything. Yep, just keep going. He's like, the, he's like the weird uncle that sits over there and makes noises and stuff. You just kind of just ignore him. It's okay. All righty then. <laughs> Give him some more turkey. He'll be fine. So we're, you know what? We're going to call this show... Another advent. Another advent. You know, and it's like uh, the way I, I, I envision this show going mm-hmm. is how do we keep it from being just another advent? Right. So it's another advent, mm-hmm. but we don't want it to be just another advent. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to revisit what advent is and why advent is so important to the church. Good idea. First of all, we know that it is like the beginning of a new liturgical year. Right. Right? Just brand new. I mean, we love birthdays. Yes, we do. Mostly because we get presents. We do. But it also is another, it's an opportunity for us to, like, sort of recollect the years, to look back in the past year and to look forward to the next year, and et cetera, et cetera. We, we all love making New Year's resolutions. We, we love anniversaries of all kinds. And so Advent is an opportunity, especially at the beginning of a new liturgical year, for us in our, our context in faith to kind of go, well, how was this year different or how was last year what can i improve on it mm-hmm. and how am i going to make this coming year different how am i going to make my faith more important to me mm-hmm. right because don't we all kind of need a little kind of maybe a little little dress up little fix a few things here and there sure or sam you're you live a perfect life <laughs> all right you well i'm certainly thankful for my life but i live it imperfectly yeah <laughs> well that being said um, I, I guess we should start with why is Advent important? Mm. Just a basic question. So I'm going to leave it open. And the first one to talk wins. Long pause. <laughs> well, you know, if Christmas is as important as it is, I think the, the importance of Advent has to be connected to the importance of Christmas. Right. They're connected. Right. Because Advent is the Adventus, the, the coming of Christmas. Yes. Right. Well, really, what happened at Christmas, I guess. Yes, where, where God entered into history. That's he right. Took on flesh. Took on flesh, crossed over to our side. Mm-hmm. That's at the very heart of what makes Catholicism special. Right. 
is right. the incarnational we, we dimension. Are, we, right, right. We're, we're an incarnational faith. And so the fact that God would humble himself yes. and take on flesh, and that would, in that process, so many things happen, you know, uh, why the incarnation was so important. Certainly, um, Jesus took on flesh so that he could suffer and die and reconcile us to the Father, right? And certainly to be um, uh, a model for us to follow and how to live a Christian life. Well, do it like that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, also to show how much God loved us by, you know, giving us his only son, Right here, have my only son, mm. you know, and that's that's a, an incredible um, love, and also it would allow us to partake in the divine nature. Right, all these things are important, you know, for the incarnation, and so naturally, there should be a time of preparation. Yes, right when you get ready to have Christmas dinner. I mean, does it just show up now? Maybe in your household, it did. Sam, did it? No, we had to put in some work in order work. to welcome God into our lives. You know, there's a reason why, you know, fasting works. What does Christ say when there was the uh, young man who had demons that were that were difficult to get rid of? Well, this can only get you can only get rid of this with prayer and fasting. You know, and and, and that just in the order of grace, sometimes we have to engage in prayer and fasting. And so that we can get out of the way of what God's trying to do in our lives. Yeah, now that's powerful. And if you stop and think about it, let's look at the, the, the sort of two pinnacles of the Christian year, you know, Easter and Christmas, mm. right? The incarnation making the resurrection possible, right? And, and, you, and you realize those two, um, uh, those two points, uh, pivotal points in, in, in human history, but also mm-hmm. in the liturgical year. And, like, certainly as we prepare for Easter, how do we do that? By Lent, mm-hmm. right? So we go to this sort of period of fasting and abstinence and uh, going out into the desert, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can enjoy that, the feast of Easter. And, and you know, and in the same way, right before Christmas, there's this thing called Advent, right? And, and part of the celebration, we're taken out into the desert with St. John the Baptist. Yeah, just a, but it's a, but it's, it doesn't have the exact same character as Lent. Right. Mm-hmm. As, as penitential, but it is penitential in the sense that it's, it's waiting. Mm. That, and that waiting part, you know, but this is the whole idea of why do we fast before the feast? Mm. That's a pretty big question because that's mm-hmm. kind of like what we're doing a little bit in Advent. Yeah, you know, and it's hard not to. There's a temptation to decorate everything to the hilt, to start playing the Christmas carols, to to start eating, start going to the parties, to start shopping, and sometimes we forget about the the the, the Advent, the character of Advent at all, right? And and so the church sees this as important for us to to take a moment to say, get ready, mm-hmm. kids, get ready because you know Santa's coming, Jesus is coming. So get ready. You know, we, we need to stop and think spiritually, how do we prepare best for the incarnation, right? Or just the, 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 of Christ coming to us and what that means. And Advent's a beautiful way to do that. It doesn't mean we can't have any fun. It doesn't mean it's supposed to be a miserable season of self-denial. Mm. But essentially, there is a little fasting before the feasting. You know, and I, th- I think about that in terms of like, sometimes that's, there's, a, there's a practicality to it. Right, I, I think about like Thanksgiving dinner, and mm. we always eat too much, don't we? we you do. know now. So um, I always learned that uh, you know you just if you don't eat a lot, and then you gorge yourself, right? Which makes you seem to enjoy that more. But now that's not always 
a good thing to do, and I'm not encouraging people to overeat. But I will tell you that uh, sometimes it will. We enjoy the good stuff more when we don't have the good stuff. In mm. other words, there's this this sort of like anticipation for the good stuff. Oh yeah. I think about the number of times I've been like on the way to visit somebody. I'm on an airplane, and, and your mind is sort of going through. Uh, in anticipation, what's going to be like when you see your old friend or you visit your family that you haven't seen in a while or whatever you're getting ready to do, right? Whether it's a feast or whether it's a visit or something great, you know, even if it's like going to a bowl game, you know, this idea of preparing for that event, you're, you're, you're thinking about it and you're, and that really makes like you salivate a little bit. Absolutely. One thing that comes to mind is, when we take up, let's say, a prayer intention that's really important to us, let's say somebody says, gosh, I really want to pray for this new job. There's a job I really want to get, right? So at first, the prayer, let's say they do a novena. At first, the prayer might just be, Lord, please give me this job. If they're really doing it with an open heart and they're really listening to the movement of grace, then over time, their desire for that job will hopefully be purified. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe at first they liked that job because it kind of appealed to the flesh a little right. bit, you know, gave them some sort of sense of social status or uh, maybe some material improvement in their life. But maybe uh, by day two, they start saying, well, God, God, you gave me some gifts and talents that could, I could really put to work with this job. And then maybe by day three, gosh, Lord, there's a lot of good that I could do with my for my family. Mm-hmm. spiritually maybe put them into a better school mm, if we had yeah. some more money then by you know day four day five there is you know what lord no matter what happens with this job i know that you've got a plan for me and for my family and so i surrender this into your hands and so by the end of the novena maybe you get the job or maybe maybe you don't but there's a deeper openness to what to receive that which god actually desires to give you right and that's beautiful because it, it makes you think that like even in in the context of like advent and christmas now we look at christmas as like that's the ultimate day right everything builds up to this day um, and, and what you're saying is that in, as you prepare for that day, what you start to realize is that you start receiving the gifts early, mm-hmm. right? The gift, the graces that, that, that from the incarnation are actually coming to you as you prepare, sort of in a vigil sort of way. You're like anticipating this. And then when, when the incarnation gets here, when Christmas Day gets here, it, it can continue to be fruitful and you can get ever deeper into that mystery, so that more things are revealed to you, more things become available to you, and it that's what truly transforms, and that's what grace does. And I think that's what God has intended for us. It's not like build up for like, you wait, uh, you're going to win the lottery on this day. Right. <laughs> right? And and the lottery, I guess, would be nice, but the reality is, is it winning the lottery, or is it the fruits that come from all of the stuff that comes with all that particular money or whatever? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So like winning the lot, the spiritual lottery of Christmas mm. is a beautiful thing. But really, it's how you how you spend the graces that are given as gifts in the incarnation and in the reality of our, the Christian mystery of Christmas that like that makes your life ever more fruitful and beneficial not only for yourself but for your family, for your friends, and for the entire world. Ultimately, for the church, right? What a beautiful thing! And what a great counterpoison to uh, how often have we heard people complain about the commercialization of Christmas? Oh gosh, everyone's ruining Christmas, the commercialization of Christmas. Well, that commercialization period happens from Thanksgiving to until Christmas Day. Right. Right? Well, that's Advent, really. 
And right. so if we say, no, we're going to focus on Advent during this period, we're going to focus on prayer and fasting during this period, we're avoiding that commercialization period, and we're prepared to receive Christmas as it actually is. And by that time, the world's done with Christmas, yeah. and we're just starting. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> we have more to talk about uh, here about Advent coming up. Another Advent? Or is it just another Advent? Before we uh, take a break, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, you need to like us where? On Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Share and share alike. Yes, please. Retweet, do all those things. Uh, and also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. More of that. We'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. But he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan, where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of ten years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church. Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, but we can all share in St. Francis's missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian yes, sir. and Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, um, we're talking about another Advent. We're talking about it's yet another Advent. How are we going to make this year any different than we did last year? Are we going to do the same old things? Are we going to... And I think we've we've done a good job of sort of like say, look, this is important. It's an it's an opportunity we have to uh, to sort of look into Advent and figure out like how can we make this liturgical year bigger, better, stronger, faster, like the six million dollar man. Mm-hmm. Am I showing my age? You all remember that? Ziggy, there's no way Ziggy would know. He has no idea. It's like I've not seen that on the interwebs. I'm familiar with it. You know, I've. Enough to be dangerous. Yeah, quaint old things, kind of like Frank Sinatra and those old guys, you know, and the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Anyway, so we we just like we need to we we understand the importance of that, and then this concept of waiting. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to ask that question: like, why does God make us wait? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to anticipate things? I think it's to draw us nearer to Him. Mm. So you're saying like if there was like all of a sudden the great reveal and there he is, there's no mystery, there's no exactly. there's no uh, attraction, there's no love, there's no journey, there's no right. solidarity. You talked about traveling on a long vacation, how that makes you feel along the way. That's what happens during Advent. If you travel with him along the way and pray with him and scripture and follow that, then it draws you closer to him. Mm, you're right. So that when Christmas comes along, it's like, oh, man, I get it even more. You know, that... I'm going to tell you something, Sam. That's the most Thomas ever talked in a show. And it was beautiful. I've got a tear that just rolled down my cheek. It was beautiful. From laughter. His, you know. his hair glistened as he yes, spoke. Yes, his hair was beautiful. It didn't move. Did you notice he was moving his head around, but it did not move? Oh, I noticed. Trust but, me. But, but, but Tom, but Tom oh, does make – his hair does make a good point. Yes. <laughs> and and this, this idea of the journey. And I think there's a lot of the, the waiting because, you know, a lot of times I think it also teaches us. It teaches us a little temperance. It teaches us some humility. It teaches us patience. All these virtues come to us when we don't get everything we want when we want it. Right. You know, a phrase that comes to mind is in statu valle. Uh, uh, you know, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just constantly in statu valle. It's just, right? Tommy, is that not true? <laughs> me too. <laughs> Let's find out what it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a Latin phrase. Uh, it can be found, at, at least the translation of which can be found in our catechism, I believe. It's in a state of journeying. And, oh, okay. and it's that the universe itself, the church, and each individual person, they're all in statu valle. We're all in a state of, of journeying. Amen. Including all natural order itself. And uh, I think that's... Uh, it's a, it's a, that has a lot to do with connecting with what Tom was saying. Just uh, yes, and well. and like if you listen to the liturgy, folks, next time you go in the Eucharistic prayers, when it refers to our your pilgrim church on earth, yeah, right, we are the pilgrim church. We're we're on a pilgrimage. We're mm-hmm. we're we're on a journey. Right, we're on a journey. We're what did you say? Inagana Davida. What was that again? Yes, yes, <laughs> close. In, in Statue Valle. Yes, <laughs> bringing back those rock and roll roots. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so that's 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 that is like uh, that's beautiful. So the, it's it's the journey. It's it's the um, being drawn closer. I love that you know the being drawn to God because God you know certainly could just make all of us potted worship plants, right? We just it's like here I am now worship me. We would have no choice but be in His presence and worship. But right. there's this there's this um, uh, there's a beautiful gift in our willingness. Mm. Our free will to choose him, and so the journey is that opportunity to choose him again. It's, it's our free will at play. Yeah, 
And so Advent is an opportunity to, to choose him, right? I'm reminded of the parable of the two sons, where one son said, yes, I'll do what my father tells me to do, but then doesn't do it. And then the other one says, I will not do it, but eventually does. Yeah. And so... Who will be rewarded? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. perhaps all the of us, ladder. in a way, there are ways in which we're saying no to God at the beginning of Advent, whether we realize it or not, and that hopefully, if we're cooperating with grace during the course of the season, that we're giving our yes by the end of it. I've or, described one of my sons that way, by the way. He's identical to that second son. Well, that's really? good, though. He's <laughs> that's identical a, that's, to That's him. much better. Yeah, I know. Right? I than, know. Than the Eddie Haskell son. Another exactly. reference to <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. I, I, I got Eddie Haskell. I, I yeah, you Googled job, it once. Sam, <laughs> Sam Googled Eddie Haskell one time. I used to come home trivia. and see that at three, <laughs> 3 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, so uh, all right, so we know why we're waiting. We know why God is making us wait or are offering us the opportunity to wait, right? And, that, and that's beautiful. But let's look at Advent and this idea of what it actually means. Adventus means the, the coming, mm-hmm. right, what we are anticipating. And so... Um, but do we? But like, so he showed up, Jesus, two thousand years ago. Is he done showing up? Right. Yeah. So no. And so like, I think a lot of people don't realize that like in in Advent, it's another opportunity for us to to explore all the ways not only that Jesus came to us to ponder that great mystery, but also the miracle and the great gift. But then also to look at like, how does Christ still continue to come to us every single day of our life? Right. I mean, he still comes to us. He does, and it's not always going to be this, um, you know, the angelic choirs and the little stable and the little donkeys, you know, swaying back and forth to the tune of "Little Drummer Boy" or whatever. It's going to be something more than that moment. It's what that moment yields, right? The fruit that's born of the incarnation, and and you stop and think, like, well, as Catholics, what do we believe about Christ coming to us? And one beautiful gift is how do we experience Christ? How do we encounter Christ in the Mass? In the Eucharist. Well, when we show up at Mass, we are encountering eternity. We're mm. encountering Jesus mm. in in a profound way. And I just I love the idea that when that elevate that the host is elevated through Him and in Him and with Him. I said it backwards, but. We oh, God you. Almighty Father, with you. right? When, when, when that's happening, it's like it leads to the great amen, mm-hmm. and, 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 and every seat in, in the church is now filled. Every corner mm-hmm. of the building is crammed full of angels and saints singing Gloria, all gathered together with living humanity, you know, and certainly all the martyrs. It's just everybody's all, your, your family members who have passed, everybody's there. And you think like, well, that happens at the Mass, and that's an encounter so the Mass is not just a thing we go to where we, we hear a couple of nice songs, we hear some good preaching, hopefully, right? That, that it's just like some kind of like worship service and experience, which it is worship, but it's, but it's like an encounter. And we see that Christ comes to us at Mass. And so this is why Holy Mother Church says, go every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You need to go every Sunday and every Holy Day. You got to go. And we encourage you to go daily, Right. And so, because Christ comes to us. Right. What's some other ways in which Christ comes to us? So I'm reminded of divine intimacy. I'm going to paraphrase a line from divine intimacy that really struck me, where it speaks of being refreshed in the newness of grace. That Mm. God is always new. He's always coming to you new. 
And this is, of course, Jesus who said, Behold, I make all things new. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that God who's look, outside. Look what's written there. Look what's written on my little note oh, that I have. look at this. I wrote that in the, in the, uh, in the little gloss of my little he handwritten did. notes. It says, See or behold, I make all things new. That's what Jesus does. That's awesome. Absolutely. And it's, you know, because God's outside of time. We're the ones who are stuck in time. And he comes to us in the present, in each present moment. Right. In the now. And that's eternal. Yes. And so it's like, and that's what grace does. And that, that kind of stuff, I think people take that for granted and don't realize the thing like, oh, mass again. Isn't that the same thing? It's father so-and-so. It's that whatever. And I hate that musician or whatever. Or, or at least they, they don't necessarily hate it, but they'll, they'll think like, I've got that in a bag. I already know what that is. I know what that experience is. But if we come to mass knowing that Christ is coming to us, we might anticipate that a little better. We might actually experience it a little better. You know, if the Queen of England was coming to visit your house, you make all these preparations and you get all this stuff, and then and then that would make that visit uh, all all the more better. And so, if we prepare to go to Mass to meet Jesus, it's different than like doing a weekly obligation thing, right? Right. It just it changes everything, and we realize Christ comes to us. Another beautiful way in which um, Christ comes to us is certainly specifically the sacraments, confession. Yeah, confession. We always got to talk about confession when we talk about these things. Got to get that in there. So you are actually meeting Christ in the confessional. A lot of people think, like, why don't you go straight to Jesus with your sins? I do. Mm-hmm. He just has an Indian accent. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Whatever. But the, but the point is, like, you, it's, it's Father, you know, so-and-so, whoever the priest is, is in persona Christi. We're right. going straight to Christ with our sins. And Persona Christi is? In the person of Christ. It's important for them to know. Yeah, exactly. It's more that Latin. They're learning a lot of Latin today. That's yes. exactly right. <laughs> we are. But certainly also in Arcadium. Eucharist itself, right? The, the, the blessed sacrament itself, that's Christ's true and abiding presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Jesus comes to us. All of the sacraments, from, from holy orders to holy matrimony to, uh, you know, extreme unction or, or anointing of the sick, you know, God... Is is so beautiful that it would give us the gift of His Son that would be the gift that keeps on giving, mm-hmm. in 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 the sacraments, and uh, and then also we encounter Jesus in others. That's mm. right, right in others, and 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 so often we might look and not realize that the other is Christ, and certainly also, you know, the law of God is written on our hearts. So mm. we encounter Jesus; He comes to us. In, in our own conscience, in our own hearts. Mm. So that's how we'd make this Advent an, a, 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 a better Advent than we've ever had before, anticipating the coming of Jesus and how that's going to change us and make that make this, this a special, beautiful incarnational season of Christmas. Amen. Sound good? It does. Amen. So let's ask the woman who was present there at the incarnation and still our mother, Perfect. Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.